You guys are better than I am. After the singing, if I was sitting in the pew and it were me, I'd leave. Because that can't be anything more done than what you've just done. It was awesome. And I'm not, I, I'm not just, I'm telling you the truth. I would have left. Because now you got to listen. And there's no singing in our hearts. We can't make any noise. I can't clap. I, I don't clap very well. Uh, it shows that I'm old and my rhythm is less than what it should be and, or could be. And, and I, I, I started doing this when I was 22. And I got to tell you, it was an awful experience. Um, I would literally, excuse me for being graphic, and, but I'm being honest. I would throw up behind the, the, the wall before I came out. I was so nervous. It was so much about worried about, did I have the authority, the spiritual authority to stand before God's people and represent God? And I was so worried that what I would say would be just right. I'm no longer 22. I'm still scared. My hands are shaking. But I got to tell you something. It's not so much about me, but it's about the God who has called us. What a great song. I just want, I, if, it, if I had been pastor of this church, I'd have some authority. And after you guys sang the song, he's always running after. I'd have, I'd have stopped, the, we'd, I'd have got up and preached because that's exactly what I want to tell you today. He's running after us, always running after us. And here's what I want to say. I'm going to speak from the gospel of Luke, and I'm going to use words that come from the heart of a West Virginian. Some of them you won't be able to understand because I speak odd. Uh, my wife told me, be sure you don't use colloquialisms. I'll be sure, because I don't know what they are. <laughs> but I am sure of this. We're about to stand in the presence of God, and we're about to look at the, the screen behind me, and we're about to read the Word of God. Now, this is my assurance. No matter if I speak in a foreign tongue from the hills of West Virginia, no matter if the words I say strike your heart or not, I have this confidence. God has given us his word, and it has spoken from the time of Luke through every generation, through every situation, even into this room today. I believe that the Spirit of God is going to speak to your heart the words unique for your life, irregardless of what I say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the one who is going to speak to you through his word. 
I just ask you, listen with your ears and your heart and your eyes to the Spirit of God as he speaks to you. Will you stand as Pastor Bob has us in a custom? And will you give attention to the word? This is from Luke chapter 3. It was now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius, the Roman emperor. Pontius Pilate was governor over Judea. Herod Antipas was ruler over Galilee. His brother Philip was ruler over Ituria and Trichotis, or Trichonitis. Lysanus was ruler over Abilene. Annas and Caiaphas were high priests. At this time, a message from God came to John, the son of Zechariah. He was living in the wilderness. When John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, preaching that people should be baptized to show how they have repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. Isaiah had spoken of John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled and the mountains and the hills level. The curves will be straightened and the rough places made smooth. And then all people will see the salvation sent from God. When the crowds came to John for baptism, he said, you brood of snakes, who warned you of the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing, for I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds ask, what should we do? And John replied, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with the hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to Jesus, uh, pardon me, came to John to be baptized and asked, Teacher, what should we do? John replied, Collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? asked soldiers. And John replied, Don't extort money or make false accusations. Be content with your pay. Everyone was expecting the Messiah to come soon, and they were eager to know whether John might be the Messiah. John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon. 
who is greater than I, so much greater than I, I am not worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Spirit of the living God, no longer relying on the words of John, but freeing your spirit among us today. Speak to our hearts. Give to us all that will clothe us and that will feed us, that will protect us. Oh, God, continue running after us that we may follow you all of the days of our lives. And the people said, Amen. Amen. Be seated, would you? You have just heard from John the Baptist. I call him the hammer of heaven. You got to get this context, I think. You got to get the context of, of the words of Luke. Luke is telling us a story of something that ha happened before, and he has gathered as much information as was possible, and he wrote it down for us. And, and this is what he said. In chapter 2, he said, Don't be afraid, for I bring you good tidings of great joy, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Woohoo! A savior. And the thing is, the shepherds are there, the lowest among the in the society, in that culture. And the angels appeared to them. And then the scripture says they went back to the fields, to their flock. And I'm wondering, what did they think? What did they think about? Can you explain angels? I got to tell you, I had an experience one time. I didn't see an angel, but I saw a miracle. It was a miracle that made me stop and be unable to respond with any emotion or with any words. You see, on January the 15th, 1985, my wife, was Aaron's mom, was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And everywhere she walked, she walked like this because she couldn't tell where her foot was going. She used a cane. She used an electric cart. She used a wheelchair. 18 years later, I think it was May 29th, 2003, I left Nancy with a friend, and I went to the office at the college that I had the opportunity to, to, to share in, and, and she stood at the door behind my back. I felt somebody in the door, and I turned around, and I looked, and there was Nancy. 
And I said, how'd you get here? She said, I walked. Where's your cane? In the car. Where's your cart? We didn't bring it. How'd you get here? She took me by the hand. We went out into the uh, uh, opening, the lobby of the library, and she did pirouettes across the floor. You can't feel it, can you? Because you weren't there. But I feel it every time I think of it, every time I tell the story, God showed up. And I was a lowly shepherd in an office. <laughs> Is he going to show up here? I don't know. John's in the wilderness. He's not in a church. He's not in the temple. He's not in the city. He's out where only hungry people gather. And they're wanting to know, where is our hope? Because the Scripture said, the, uh, Luke tells us the Scripture says that they were expecting a Messiah. I got to tell you, are you expecting a Messiah? People in, in, in uh, intensive care wards around this city today are. People in the rooms at home, looking at this, these, uh, this picture, you're wondering, will he show up? Where is the Messiah? Where is the anointed one? Where is the one? Now, when the audience of John heard it, they were thinking, well, Tiberius is the emperor of Rome. He's been the emperor 15 years. That guy's a scoundrel. He is putting his thumb on us, and he's sending out tax collectors, and they're taking way more money than we can afford to give. We are under the oppression of Rome. We've got no freedom. We grew up as children of Abraham. We've been established in the nation of Israel. Where is our peace? Where is our hope? Where is our joy and our success? Luke very helpfully says, the crowds ask John, what do we do? I got to tell you, John responded, he's no genius. Just a guy who knows the word. He refers back to scriptures like in Exodus, scriptures like in Maya, scriptures um, in Micah, scriptures like in the, the recorded in the other parts of the Gospels. He's saying, "Hey, don't, don't rest on your past." Don't rest on your past. I don't care if you're children of Abraham. Give your shirt away. 
Give, give food to people. In other words, what he's saying is, I don't care what your past is, who you're related to. I don't know that I had been in church more than five times in my life before I was 17. I went to a dance on a Saturday night, and somebody introduced me to the Lord, Jesus. They invited me to go to church with them in the morning, and I did. I have no church background. As a matter of fact, my background is my granddad owned a still in the mountains. And my wife, she's fourth generation church of God. If anybody's got a past, she's got a past. And John said, it doesn't matter about your past. Your righteous past doesn't matter. My honorary past doesn't matter. Our pasts don't matter. Our possessions don't matter. And then the tax collectors ask him, what are we doing? And he says, your possession and your power, your government authority, your political power doesn't matter. Remember Tiberius and the four governors, the sons and stepsons of Herod the king, they don't matter. Possessions don't matter. Matter of fact, if you've got a pencil, you might write this down. Past doesn't matter. Possessions don't matter. Power doesn't matter. What matters? I believe in God the Father. Now you're glad I wasn't singing. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Doesn't matter what you believe. Don't you see? There were, there were children of Abraham there, people who had proclaimed all of the stuff they believed, all of the stuff they didn't matter. It did not matter. What mattered? John, what matters? And John said this, repent. Don't give credence to your possessions. Don't give credence to your past. Don't give credence to your, to your political power. Don't give credence to the politics. And don't live on academic proclamations. Repent from all those things. Turn around. Look to the very presence of God in your life. Look to the presence of God in your life and follow him. I believe in God the Father. That's fantastic if you follow the Father. I believe in Christ the Son. It's indescribably wonderful if you trust Jesus' life and death 
as your hope and your success. I believe in the Holy Spirit, absolutely delightful if you seek his presence and your feet follow in his way. John the Baptist was the hammer, the hammer of heaven. I'm not that. I'm not that hammer. I'm just a guy who sits over in that pew on Sunday mornings and worships with you. But I would say this. If you're at home, if you're in this room, if you're fearful and of, of the things that are around you in this world, or if you're fearful of the things that are in your heart, don't be afraid. For I bring you today good news. For unto you this day is born Christ the Savior. God is running after you. I don't have a hammer. I got hope. That's what I want to offer you. Don't want to beat you. I want to invite you. Don't count on your past, on your possessions, on the politics, on power, on promises. Count on Jesus and move your life after him. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus, God's gift and our Pray with me, would you? The music is stirring, Father. Our hearts pound with excitement and with joy. Your word is powerful, and it always finds a root in our heart. All of the things around us pale compared to your love for us and what you have done for us. We trust in you, our hope, our healer, our help. Thank you.